Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Spurs is a daily podcast covering the San Antonio Spurs. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Audioboom, and many more. Locked On Spurs will be there waiting for all Spurs fans, whether it be on your daily commute, lunch hour, or whenever you have time, Locked On Spurs will bring you the latest on the silver and black. Now, let's talk some Spurs. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Locked On Spurs and Locked On Lakers. And we're both here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And when you know you cannot have a Locked On Lakers show without the mighty, the great, the legendary Harrison Fagan, who is back. Harrison, welcome back. And I guess I'm glad to be back on your show as well. Yeah, now you, you I guess you're I guess we say you're back on my show. Yeah. I'm back on your show. I just I'm happy that I'm here and that Anthony's not and that he did not lock me out of another guest interview because that's been a consistent theme this year. He'll 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 tell me that we're going to have a guest on and then he'll interview the guests and then he'll bring me back and let me know that he already did the interview. So I, I kicked him out for this one. So it's just you and me. You know what, listeners, on both sides of the show, you have to follow Harrison and Anthony on Twitter. These guys, they're like an old married couple. That's the best way I can describe it. They will go at each other. Of course, it's all with love, at least from the outside looking in. It looks like with some love there, Harrison, but uh, you guys are hilarious on Twitter. You guys have a great uh, Lakers show on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Seriously, if you Spurs fans, Lakers fans, whatever team is out there, your, your fan base, you need to follow. Locked on Lakers. They are, I, I, I have to say, they're simply the best on the web. Thank you, Jeff. The the feeling is very mutual, and it, but instead of but instead of over praising you and you know just doing what over flattering you like you just did to me there, you know I think we should I think we should get into this Lakers Spurs tight like matchup of two titans going on. <laughs> titans? I guess I guess tonight by this point because this will come out on uh, on Thursday morning. Exactly. Um, Yes, but you know, as much as I spread some love to Harrison, Anthony, and Lockdown Lakers, at least for 48 minutes, we're not going to be friends. And uh, we're, that's right. We're going to be previewing the Lakers-Spurs matchup in San Antonio in the AT&T Center. The Spurs are already up 1-0 on the regular season series. They defeated the Lakers on the road 116-107 back, back in the day, uh, Harrison, November 18, 2016. 
so long ago. Yeah, that was back when the Lakers were still kind of in the midst of that hot start. And I remember people saying, you know, like, hey, they lost this game, but a loss to the Spurs isn't that big of a deal. They were in it and it was competitive and this is good. Oh, I, so but and then after that, they they didn't go winless in December, but they were really, really bad in December. And people kind of got a little bit less optimistic. And then they've been a bit better to start the new year so far. So but I still I'm I'm not exactly marking a win down in the column against the Spurs just yet. Well, heading into tonight's matchup, the Spurs are 30 and eight. The Lakers are 15 and 27. And uh, what what Harrison and I are going to do today is simply this. He's going to give. Three keys to a Lakers road win in San Antonio, and I'm going to do the same. I'm going to give my three keys to a Spurs victory in the Alamo City. Harrison, why don't you kick us off? All right, so, I mean, my first key to the game is going to be hope that the Spurs are resting, guys. And but I don't I don't think that they're doing that because I looked at their schedule and it looks like they last played on Tuesday and they lost to the Bucks. So they're pro- they're probably going to be pretty motivated to come out and get back on a win streak because it looks like yeah they or they lost yeah they have not lost or they lost back to back games once this year mm-hmm. but when you're thirty and eight you haven't lost a whole lot of back to backs most of the time and the Spurs are a really good team I, I definitely don't think that the Lakers should be favored but originally when you sent me the email saying come up with three keys to a Lakers victory the first thing I thought of was let me check if they play if the Spurs played on Wednesday <laughs> yeah exactly and no they didn't they, they've been resting um, you know it's, it's it's funny you bring it up the fact that they're coming off a loss at home the Spurs uh, first of all I want to say this the Lakers, I feel sorry for them. I think the Spurs are going to come out with a little fire. They, they had no excuse to lose that game to Milwaukee. They were up 13 points at one point over Milwaukee, and that's minus Giannis, the Greek freak, only played nine minutes when scoreless. You had Kawhi Leonard score 30-plus points. You had the Spurs riding a nine-game victory over the Bucks and at home and you go back and you just kind of a you, you know you look at them and like you know what they deserve to lose it was the hustle stats the energy stats everything that makes up Spurs basketball was definitely lacking so hopefully uh, the Spurs at least for the Lakers sake will we have a repeat performance of that yeah, I, I I think the Lakers would certainly hope that that's what happens and that this is a trend and that the Spurs are finally falling off. I think everybody's been writing them right, to some degree, writing them off for the last like I don't know eight to ten years. So uh, <laughs> may, maybe maybe this was finally the start of the decline. Maybe the Spurs are bad now and the Lakers can pull this one out. Michael Beasley went for twenty eight points on San Antonio. That's I, I don't know if that's I should be embarrassed. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. No, wait, hold on. You said that the Spurs deserve to win that game. If you give up 28 points to Michael Beasley in 2017, your <laughs> your team does not deserve to win. Yeah, the, the, the Spurs were all sorts of fail in the second half. They only mustered up with 18 points in that fourth quarter. I, I, I was just watching the game saying, is this the, no offense to the Austin Spurs, but is this the Austin Spurs or is this the San Antonio Spurs? Because this is not Spurs basketball. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's actually a, a good key. Uh, just kick us off. Uh, Harrison, I'm going to counter with this key for a Spurs victory, and it's simply this. Try to bring that defense. Look, the I Lake- thought you were going to say show up, but okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, exactly. The Spurs just have a, 
uh, scintilla of showing up, they should beat the Lakers. But, you know, look what happened against Milwaukee. But for my yeah. first key is simply this, is watch that Lakers offense. Because in the Lakers' five road victories, they've been averaging 109 points per game with a win differential of plus 12.2 points. So the Spurs have to bring the defense. And uh, that's, you know, obviously you follow the Lakers more than I do. You know, what is your take on that? It looks like, you know, when they do have it together, they can pretty much score some points and beat some teams up on the road. Well, so the thing is, is when the, is the, the Lakers play at the sixth fastest pace in the entire NBA. They average just a little over 100 possessions per game. Uh, so, I mean, that that's going to lead to a lot of high, when they win, when things are going well for them, they're going to score a lot of points just because they have more possessions to do so. And so that that's kind of, I think, just indicative of things going well. They're hitting mm-hmm. shots that night, whereas when they aren't, they're going to be in for maybe some blowout losses or closer game because their defense doesn't really stop anyone. And so the other team is just going to get easy scoring opportunities uh, or and a lot of them because the game is still playing fast. The Lakers don't really slow down when they're behind or anything. So they kind of for better or worse, they play at the speed that they play at. Mm-hmm. And so when they're hitting shots. It results in those high scoring wins, but when they aren't, it kind of it comes back to bite them and they look out of control and people are asking if the young guys are, you know, if they're ever going to get it together and learn to stop turning the ball over and you just have to kind of preach patience and that this team's probably going to be okay. They just aren't, you know, they aren't that experienced yet. They have a bunch of 19 and 20, or I guess only one 19 year old playing, but they have a bunch of 20 year olds in the rotation and like 20, 21, 22 year old guys. And they just, they, they, it's hard for them to compete with teams like the Spurs on a night to night basis. I mean, it's hard for any team to compete Mm -hmm. with the Spurs on a night to night basis, but you, you know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, So what would be your second key to a Lakers win tonight? So it actually does kind of piggyback off of yours. The Lakers definitely need a big performance from D'Angelo Russell because out of the guys with the kind of fourth high, he has the fourth highest net rating on the Lakers. The team outscores their opponents by 1.3 or is outscored by their opponents by 1.3 points per 100 possessions, which I know is a negative, but considering that there are only two Lakers with a positive differential and the team's normally outscored by 5.3 points per 100 possessions, that's pretty good for this team. And I think I'd be looking for him to try and have some success taking advantage of a guy like our old Lakers friend, Pau Gasol, in the pick and roll. Because, right. I mean, I know the Spurs are a good defensive team, but if you start to see the Lakers pop off for some points, I, I think that's going to be part of it. I think maybe they're going to outrun the Spurs a little bit in transition if that if they end up getting going and being surprisingly competitive. But I think that you have to look – and Russell's a lot of the times the key to that transition end- mm-hmm. engine as Julius Randle is. Those guys will get boards and they go and they run. And, uh, I mean, the Spurs, uh, they, I don't think that they have a super fast-paced team generally, no, right? No. And, yeah. So yeah. that if you're looking for a way – yeah, they, they play at the 27th pace in the NBA. So – you know, if you're looking for a chance for a Lakers upset, it's that maybe these guys, they, they've had a night off, they're embarrassed by their loss to Portland, and they come out with a little fight and they get out and run up and down the floor and they hit some shots because really that was the issue for them. I don't know if you watched their last game against Portland, 
when uh, the whole like D'Angelo Russell, Damian Lillard fight thing happened mm-hmm. and then Portland started hitting shots. And really the main thing for the Lakers in that second half, and this is cliche, but they just didn't hit shots. They, they had some, they took some bad ones, but really they had plenty of open ones. They just didn't hit them. I think they made 12 shots in the second half total. Wow. I, you know, we're talking about Russell here. You know, I, I read recently that he actually growing up patterned his game off Manu Ginobili. Uh, that's kind of I was a little surprised by that, considering, you know, he's kind of the younger generation. You'd think it'd be Kobe or, you know, LeBron. yeah, there was, yeah. But he actually patterned his game off Manu. There was that feature story by we should give him a shout out. It was Baxter Holmes of ESPN. Thank and you. I thought it was really good. And it was interesting to I, I, for the same things that you just said most young guys Manu Ginobili is not their favorite player as great as he is and uh, you know he's even fun to watch but most guys like you said they grow up watching your LeBrons and your Kobe's and especially for a guy who's a Laker to not just say Kobe off uh, off the top even when uh, I mean it's kind of become a running joke among Lakers writers that every single player that plays for the Lakers their favorite player was Kobe growing up just because it's a very it's an answer that the fans definitely enjoy Mm -hmm. I think a lot of them so, but for Russell to just be honest and say that it was Ginobili, that was uh, that was interesting, and you can kind of see the stylistic comparison sometimes, right? They're both yeah. lefties. They both have played kind of an old man mm-hmm. game uh, to some degree for their entire career. I mean, Russell's only twenty, but he does have a little bit of that old man dominating at the YMCA vibe to him at times. Yeah, and so and you know, it's not just in playing style that he wishes he had Ginobili around. It was actually funny on his Instagram story tonight. I guess there he's somewhere with bats and he was yelling about bats and he yelled out, where's Manu Ginobili when you need him? So <laughs> that's funny. You know, it's a, it's a huge compliment and on this side of uh, the microphone, if you will, to hear that uh, from a Laker, you know, the Spurs and the Lakers, they've had their rivalries um, in the past it's cooled off considerably, but you you and I we remember the heyday Shaq, Timmy, Manu, Pop, David. Yeah, I think Russell yeah. was like three for those, Ex- right? Exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, to hear a Laker, you know, pretty much applaud a um, a, a Hall of Famer, Manu Ginobili, let's face it, that's what he is. Uh, it's, uh, it warms my heart to see the young generation appreciating what Manu and the Spurs have brought to the NBA. So kudos to Mr. Russell. All right, so what is my second key for a Spurs? Is it is it Manu Ginobili? Because that would have been a seamless transition. Uh, no, it wasn't, but I'll get back to Manu shortly. Um, <laughs> pretty much the Spurs, I think they just need to maintain what they're doing at home. You know this. The listeners know this. The Spurs, to begin the season, looked horrific at the AT&T Center. They actually had a losing record at home to start the season. They played... Uh, a lot better on the road. They, they they averaged more points on the road. They played better defense on the road. And when they went to the AT&T Center, they pretty much stunk up the joint. That hasn't been the case in recent home games. Now, yes, they did lose the game to Milwaukee. But if you just take the last three games, the Spurs are 2-1, and one, averaging 106.3 points per game with a win differential of 14.3 points. So I guess my key is simply keep on keeping on, Spurs. Do not take off the uh foot off that gas pedal and just uh, don't play down to the Lakers. You know, this team is far superior than LA. So if the Spurs don't let complacency set in, I think the uh, Spurs should easily walk off the AT&T center with a W your thoughts. 
Yeah, I think a lot of the time that's the key for these kind of older veteran teams, right? They really they, they have to find some type of motivation to get up and play or they have to for lack of that, they have to be well rested, which mm-hmm. in this case that they, they would appear to be having a full off day on Wednesday at home. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I would. Um, I would imagine that they'll come out, especially after, like you said, it, it, when you anytime you give up 28 points to Michael Beasley, you have to <laughs> kind of come back with a little bit of fire. You would think you would think they'd be motivated to put out a little bit better of a showing for their San Antonio fans uh, ba- in tonight in tonight's game. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you're, you're talking about like we're talking about Monty Ginobili, you know, and I wanted to come full circle to that. I think he might have a better game than he did against the Bucks. The way he, I, I, he shot, he went for the game-winning shot, and he got nowhere near the basket, nowhere near the rim, nowhere near the backboard. He shot a three that looked like it came off his hand a little too prematurely, and it just hit the side of the backboard, the little cushion area, so the players don't hit their head. I, and then he well, he was so he was actually he's patterning his game after D'Angelo Russell's attempted game winner from a couple weeks ago against Utah. Then, but um, boom, there you go, it comes full circle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so Russell and Manu, you know, they're looking to uh, probably uh, get that bad taste of a bad shot off uh, their tongue. But no, I, I mean you're you're actually right. This uh, this uh, Spurs team, people think yes, they have they had a youth movement, of course. They brought in Bertans. They brought in uh, DeJounte Murray out of the draft. They got younger with Dwayne Deadman. But at their core, it's still an older team. Powell, LaMarcus, uh, who else? Manu, Tony, and, of course, on the sideline is Pop. And so their core is still— And even Kawhi is not like—he's he, not super young anymore. He's, like, right in that prime—he's yeah. right at that prime yeah. kind of age. He's, he's entering his prime right now. So uh, this team, the Spurs team— Yes, they have fits of complacency. You see it against the Bucks. You you see it against uh, against the Bucks even at home in Milwaukee, where uh, it took a, a heroic effort in the fourth quarter just to stave off the Milwaukee Bucks. And you you kind of see that throughout the season, up leading up to this point against the Lakers. There was a uh, stretch of games where they were down double digits in consecutive games, they had to claw and fight their way back to pull out a win. I, you know, it's, and many people were applauding the Spurs, like, yay, yeah, could their veteran presence is showing and they can come back from deficits. I was in the opposite end thinking, why are we getting ourselves in this situation to begin with? They should just come out and just blow teams out of the way. So hopefully the Spurs don't let that complacency set in um, versus the Lakers uh, in the AT&T Center. And uh, I guess that leads us to your final thought, your final takeaway, your final key. Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about the Spurs having a bunch of old guys, and I think that the key, one of my last key for the Lakers is one of their older players in Luol Deng, who very, very much looked his age the, the last time the Lakers played the Spurs. It was mm-hmm. right at the beginning of the season when he was really, really struggling. But over their last 10 games, he's actually been pretty good. He, he has the best net rating on the team over that period. And the other advantage that his presence kind of gives the Lakers is when he's in some of his minutes will be at the four 
where Thomas Robinson has been playing. And Robinson is a nice story. He worked it. He worked mm-hmm. hard. He worked his way onto the roster. But the Lakers have have been pretty bad, or, or they've definitely been worse with him on the floor. They're they're almost they're over ten points per one hundred possessions worse with Robinson on the floor than they are with Dang over the last ten games. And part of that is because Robinson is taking the place of Larry Nance Jr. Mm-hmm. a lot of the time, who was very very good for the Lakers this year. But I I think Dang is you know i don't think that this is controversial to say at all he's a better player than thomas robinson right and so if he has it going then maybe he can get a couple more minutes out there in kind of one of those smaller lineups rather than luke going to the day he, he's gone to over the last few weeks since nance went out or the last couple mm-hmm. games really uh, this front court of thomas robinson and Tarek black and it seems to work a lot better against either undersized or underorganized front courts, of which the Spurs would seem to have neither. I mean, Powell right. has his faults defensively. I referenced his pick and roll struggles, but he's not—he's not a bad rebounder, and neither is Lamarcus Aldridge. And so, if those guys are in the game, and I don't know if they—they they would be playing if. Luke would try that lineup of Black and Robinson with those two in, but if the Spurs are big that are are playing a big lineup mm-hmm. or a traditional lineup, I don't think that the Black Robinson experience would work out very well. And so I think that the Lakers may need a few more minutes from Dang going small at the four against the Spurs, right. and you know that would that would be pretty big for them if he could produce during those minutes instead of kind of struggling like he did earlier this year and i believe he was uh one of the uh, bright spots in the uh, loss against the blazers uh, he had what, 14 points in uh, that loss and uh yeah dang you know yeah, he's been a bright spot yeah. the last couple weeks I, I i i wasn't sure if he still had this in him but i i don't know what changed but he seems to be rounding into form yeah you know Harrison, I think the listeners should know this. Never count out the old guys. The old guys have that experience, despite all the youth and athleticism that surround Dang, that surrounds Manu and Tony and Kawhi. Sometimes old school is the best school. I always, I, I'm a firm believer in that. <laughs> I don't know if I should take that as an insult, given uh, given our age disparity. I, I think you just low key said that you were the way better podcaster. I did not imply that. Come on now. <laughs> I, I think you guys I, actually. When I got invited to uh, host the Locked On Spurs uh, podcast, um, I actually went to the Locked On Lakers, were the first uh, show I listened to, just to get a feel for um, what the network was looking for. So no, no, no. I. I, I, I I'm a firm believer that experience usually wins out, but you got to have that, uh, that, that spice of athleticism and youth. And I think that's what the Spurs have been missing in past seasons. We saw that against the uh, Thunder last year in the uh, postseason, and uh, the Spurs did address it in the offseason. I still think it wasn't enough yet, but I guess we shall see once the regular season is over and the real season starts. So that leads to my final point of uh, – a key for a Spurs win in the Alamo city. Now I can go easily uh, Harrison and say the Spurs coaching staff and medical staff should pass out Pepto-Bismol because whatever's <laughs> ailing the Spurs recently, get hit, there's been a stomach bug that hit. LaMarcus. Oh, they got hit with it. They got hit yeah. with the NBA flu watch. Yep. They got it. You know, I guess, you know, LaMarcus recently uh, sat out against the bucks. He had an upset stomach. Kawhi got hit with the upset stomach uh, a few weeks ago. But that, that, that'd be too easy to say. But no, my, my actually key is simply this, is that defense, once again, 
the Spurs had anemic defense in the last home game, and they have to bring the defense because in their five losses at home, the Spurs have allowed opposing teams to score 105.4 points per game. Unacceptable. If you are a Spurs team led by Popovich, who preaches defense every day, every second of the NBA season. He probably even does it in the offseason and sends texts to the players saying defense, defense, defense. But Yeah, hey, it's mostly worked. They have the third best defense in the league right now. I'm looking I'm looking at the numbers and yeah. you know, I I I'd say most of the time that hasn't been an issue for them, right? Yeah, exactly. So uh and I guess maybe this is just the spillage uh, from the recent loss at home because you saw this team allow uh, Milwaukee to uh, run up the score and eke out the win. And, you know, you look at the numbers and you're saying, wow, you know, like if, if, if a team goes over the century mark, that opposing team in the Alamo City has a shot and has been um, productive for opposing teams as they were able to get five wins on the road in San Antonio. So the Spurs definitely got to watch that scoreboard and bring the defense. Yeah, I mean that that sounds about right to me, especially considering kind of like, like we've talked about the the talent disparity and the experience disparity between the and the record disparity between the two teams. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be a fun game uh, later on today in the Alamo City. Uh, hopefully, um, it'll be entertaining. It'll be fun. I, I actually think the Lakers are a fun team to watch. I really, really do. And I'm pretty sure you've heard this a lot uh, during this uh, NBA season that they're just exciting. They're definitely the I, is it safe to say they're the, they're the darlings of the NBA right now? Uh, they definitely were the first yeah. couple weeks of the season. I think I think the the most hated status has kind of returned a little bit oh, over no. the last few weeks, especially when they started. Or not most hated in the league because I think the Warriors are the most hated by a lot of that. people yes. right now. But I mean, they definitely are not. They are no longer the toast of the league now that they're not ten and ten anymore. Exactly. Well, hopefully for your sake, the Lakers will turn things around not against the Spurs but after the Spurs and they'll get back on the winning uh, side of the railroad tracks and as for Spurs they just get that 31st win and keep on plugging away Harrison, I don't know hey fourth bonus key for you Jordan Clarkson homecoming game tomorrow so we'll see oh, if he ends up having a, yeah. uh, a big performance in front of his what I'm sure will be plenty of family and friends in the building yeah there pro- there definitely be a smattering of applause and cheers for the Lakers in San Antonio. And you know what? When I cover games in San Antonio and this Lakers Spurs, there's a hefty, healthy amount of Lakers fans in the AT&T Center. Yeah, I mean, I've no, I've kind of noticed that on TV. I've actually, I've obviously never covered a game in San Antonio, but it does seem like there are fair. I'm curious to see how that is this year because it was it was a lot of Kobe jerseys in mm-hmm. past years. So I'm curious to see if that's transferred over to kind of this new rebuilding young core. Yeah, interesting to see. But uh, before Harrison and I we put a wrap on this show, Harrison, where can Spurs fans and Lakers fans find you on social media? Well, uh, anyone who wants to follow me after this podcast on Twitter, it, you can find me at at HM Fagan. And for those of you listening to this as an episode of Locked on Lakers right now, I realize this is going mm-hmm. to sound very bizarre that I'm plugging my own social media. But the, I, I really love this crossover show aspect of the Locked on Network. It kind of makes it easy to get a scouting report on the Lakers upcoming opponent without Anthony and I having to do as much work. So that's great. Uh, 
Jeff, where can where can uh, where can our fans find you on social media? Yep, they can find me at Jeff G Spurs Zone. I also am the uh, Spurs writer for NewsForSanAntonio.com and Fox29SanAntonio.com. If your listeners want to get some more intel on the San Antonio Spurs, definitely go out there and uh, read up on the Spurs and see if there's any uh, more um, issues regarding their stomach ailments. And, you know, you know, you know, maybe maybe Anthony, that's why he's not on the show today. He's secretly in San Antonio, you know, distributing, you know, like, here, have this fizzing uh, taco, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's 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 trying to food poison the Spurs. I'm sure that's where he is. <laughs> he's not food poisoning the Spurs. NBA, this is a joke. But no, <laughs> it's been uh, it's been fun, Harrison. Thank you for coming on. And uh, with that, Harrison Fagan, myself, Jeff Garcia, he and I, we're gonna put a lock on Locked On Spurs and Locked On Lakers. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.